Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A guy buys a farm, so he's got to get a cow. So he goes to a sale where they're selling cows. He sees a cow. Nice cow. He turns the guy selling the cow and says, it looks like a decent cow, but I got to make sure she's still vital. The guy selling the cow says, well, whatever you got to do. So the guy reaches under and pulls on one of the cow's nipples, and the cow cuts a huge fart. So he (laughs) reaches under and pulls another nipple, and the cow cuts an even louder (laughs) fart. He turns the guy selling the cow. He says, this cow's from Minnesota, ain't it? The guy selling the cow says, yeah, how could you tell? He says, my wife is from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> hey, man. Welcome to the Big Bad Broadcast, dude. Good afternoon and welcome to the Big Bad Broadcast. We got a great show for you today. We got a comedy legend, a good friend. But first, let's introduce the other clowns on the show. We got Mike Grief. The other clowns. What's happening, John? How you doing today? Good. And we got the cook comedian, Craig Mitchell. Happy post-Valentine's Day, everybody. And my name is John Ferentino, and we're here today with a great friend and one of the I've known this guy. He is comedy on Long Island. Jackie, the joke man, Mortling. Yeah, welcome, Jackie. I'm honored to be here. Plus, I had nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I show up every week. Same here. <laughs> and Jackie is the star of a new documentary called The Joke, the joke Man, right? No, Jackie. Joke Man. Joke man. Just, okay. Just joke man. Glad you joke did your man. homework, John. Well, I did. Yeah, I, I, I thought Christ. it was the. I thought it was the joke man. And you can joke get it. Man. But we're going to talk all. Wait, shut up, you guys. We're going to talk all about the documentary <laughs> in a little while. But first, we got to go back to the origins of comedy on Long Island. And uh, this guy comes up, Jackie the Joke Man. He was in a group called the Off Hour Rockers. And I remember going to see them in a place in Freeport before we even thought about doing comedy. And he had, oh, God, he had the crowd eating out of the palm of his hand, and they sang crazy songs, and they had what what year, what year are you talking about? We're talking about 1840 or something. 1840. <laughs> we're talking about, we're talking about the, when the emperor would give you the thumbs up or the thumbs down. <laughs> 1974, 75, 76, the right track in. The place was... The most famous night was the night that I was so drunk, I took a girl and pulled her into the back room. And when we came out of the back room, I was naked playing the guitar and she was on my shoulders. And the old owner, Al Gordon, he just thought it was great. He just locked the door. And the the places, the the people that owned that 
one, a couple of the owners of the Right Track Inn now own an incredible resort in uh, Nicaragua. And it's so crazy. And the guy wrote to me and said, I've never forgotten you. He says, because one night I had a girl and I, I used to have a 1955 Cadillac hearse. It was a long yellow. <laughs> and if you guys I remember this, it. I remember That's a conversation audio, piece. I, well, this is audio. I can send you pictures. And the guy said, I wanted to take this girl outside. So I took her outside and took her into the, uh, the back of the hearse was all flat with a rug. So, you know, it was a floating whorehouse. And the guy said that uh, he was in the back of the hearse with this girl and that I came out. We must have gone on break. And I came out and I opened the door and I saw her blowing him. And he said, I pulled her head up and gave her a big kiss and then put her back to work. <laughs> and he said he never forgot that. And of course, I luckily don't remember that. But Didn't yeah, you had the right to wreck in, and and we were kicking ass all over the place. But by and the you end had of like, the seventies, didn't, didn't you have like a thing? Was that where Mrs. Polanski started that thing that folded down? Uh, it was a a thing with pieces of cardboard right. with the with the last word of each line, so I could have people sing along, and it was a it was a stupid song. Mrs. Polanski the, went down to the dance. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then in between, I would sing a dirty limit. It was, Mrs. Polanski went down to the dance key with nothing on but her shoes. Along came a floozy, called herself Susie, said, Polanski, put on your shoes. Then Mr. Polanski was down at the dance key. Now he was wearing his shoes. We're raising a rumpus at the Knights of Columbus. And Polanski's got nothing to lose. You got nothing to lose. And then the whole place would And the whole place would start it was, singing. It, 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 didn't even, it didn't even border on entertainment. It was so horrible. It was entertainment adjacent. It was but funny. would come up and, and wear that sign. And, and we would point to the last words. Polanski, Dansky, Shoes. I still have the thing somewhere. And then towards the end of the 70s, I started playing by myself in clubs, just my guitar and me sitting on a stool and the other comics. The, I met the guys at Dixon's and there was no place to work. So they would come to the to Neptune pub or, or the, wherever I was working because they could get up on stage. And this is like, you know, Eddie Murphy was one of them and Rob Bartlett, Dave Hawthorne, Minervini. And they would come and they'd get up and do their five or ten minutes because there was no place else to work. And slowly but surely, my band was doing worse and worse. Well, we weren't doing worse and worse. We just we never got better. We were fun and we were entertaining and we were funny, but we didn't make any money. And I don't know if like this story is so old, but the, one night at the end of the show, at the end of the gig. I was in the dressing room and there was no dressing room. It was the goddamn room where they kept the beer. And the other two guys came in there and said, Jackie, we're going to leave the band and start our own band. <laughs> and I said, I said, I'm no rocket scientist, but I'm, there's three guys in a band and two of them leave to start their own band. That's kicking me out of the fucking band. <laughs> but by that time, I had worked at a studio and I knew how to make an album. And Dick Richard M. Dixon would not pay us any money. That was the place with the variety show where nobody, 
he Dixon would only give us five bucks. Five bucks, and, and then charge us crazy. for a beer, and charge us for a beer. Remember? Oh, you know there was a there was a big no. Well, he used he eventually we got to where he's giving us free beers, and uh, the, I still remember the night I met this big fat guy Bob Woods who we lost. We wound up losing him. He he died. He was just a mess, but he was just the greatest. And the night I met him. <clears throat> We were sitting at the bar at Dixon's and the place was empty, but we were allowed to drink free. So we were sitting there soaking down the free beers. And of course, Dixon's wife, Maddie, they're all pissed off because we're drinking the beer and and it's getting later and later and we're sucking down the beers. So Dixon is so frustrated, gets up and takes one of those big plastic boxes and starts going around to the tables, taking all the glasses off the tables. (laughs) <laughs> and I turned to Woods and I said, you know what? I think I got to go home. I, I'm so drunk, the fucking bus boys are starting to look like Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> and Woods said, you're all right, pal. You're all right. <laughs> and then we found a place. We found a place in Huntington that would let us do a show on Tuesday nights. And uh, we would get the door, and they'd get all the food and the drink, and we, you know, what was that top of the town, top of the, the town, right? It, it was, it, it was, was it cinnamons, was cinnamons, right? Cinnamon, yeah, it was yeah. called cinnamon. It's been forty different things, right, since then. But me and Minervini are going to do this show, and you know, I got the amplifier and and the speakers and the microphone, but we had no way of getting the word out. You know, we, you know, except for like there was Good Times magazine, but we had nothing to put in there. We had nothing to talk about. And I got the bright idea that I'll get a phone, a phone line. And just like radio and just like television, people will call up to hear jokes. And in between the jokes, we put a a plug for where we're working. And I just like it was so funny. I went over to get a phone line. And this is this. Long before people were spelling everything out. Now everything, you know, has always been, it spells stuff out. But <clears throat> that this was just so, not heard of. And uh, this was just a phone line in my mother's attic. It was just like calling my mother's house. So <laughs> I went to get a phone line. But at the time, East Norwich, my little hometown, had, had burgeoned so much. There was hardly any 922 numbers left. And the girl said, the only numbers left start with nine. So I looked, and the only thing in the nine was a W. And I said, can you tell me what's available? And she said, no, I can't do that. I said, well, if I ask you, you could tell me. And she says, okay. So I started trying to spell things starting with W. And then uh, a few of them weren't any good. And then I got to wine, and she said, nine four six three. She said, that's available. I said, bingo. And so I got 922 wine, and... <clears throat> almost immediately it was always busy because the phone company, any place, any place that has something inside going on. Like if you work at the phone company, if all of a sudden the guy's got a line with 30 jokes on it, that goes around the, around the globe with the phone company people. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
it was really funny because the first day or the first couple days, I got a call from the phone company. And they actually called me by my name, you know, and this was long before anybody knew me, but they knew that from the phone line, they said, Jackie, the jokes are too dirty. You can't do that on a phone. <laughs> and I said, all right, I'll clean it up. <clears throat> and like two days later, they called me up again and they said, listen, man, it's still new dirty. You got to clean it up again. Now, this is in 1979. Now, if you're old enough, in 1979, the world changed. All of a sudden, you know, instead of you sitting and watching TV with your family, all of a sudden, HBO, and there's bare tits on the screen, and mm. you're sitting there with your mother, like the world got a little looser. Yeah. So I started yeah. making the jokes a little dirtier and a little dirtier, and, the, and they never, after those first two days, I never heard from them again. And it was so busy all the time, I called up and I said, listen, uh, I want to get a rollover line. So if it's busy, it goes to the second line. They said, we can't do that. You're not zoned for business. I, it, this always sounds like I'm making it up, and I don't care. No, I'm I'm, I've, I no. saw, I've seen all those lines. No, so no, no, but no, what I'm talking about is I said, I, I need a second line. They said, it's not zoned for business. And they said, wait a minute. Are you the guy with the jokes? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And they said, hold on. They said, you know what? We're going to give you the second line. Nice. So they gave it to me in my mother's house. And then after, it was immediately busy all the time. I called again and said, I, I need I need more lines. And the, the one of the foremen came to my house because they were so curious about this idiot with the phone machines. And he came up and they gave me two more lines. And then a while later, I called and said, I got to have more phone lines. They said, and they sent a different foreman because they, they were just astounded at this operation. It was all phone mate machines and the extra phone mate machines so, and all the extra tapes. I was on good terms with the people at phone mate. I figured out how to how to duplicate those stupid one minute endless tapes with my Nakamichi player with my uh, cassette player, because at first. The way those things work is it's a one-minute endless cassette. And were, were these like what, that? Was this like an eight hundred or something? Were you making money off of these, or this was no, a free? No, free no, call? no, it wasn't making anything. So, like, you could just call in and get free jokes. Cost yeah. me a fortune for and a plug. It, it, and a plug. A long distance. If you're calling from, you know, California, you're calling my mother's house, which at the time <laughs> was expensive. So, so. These things were one-minute endless cassettes, which meant when I pushed record, I had to get it right. Because if I didn't get it right, I had to wait for the whole goddamn minute to finish out before I could try again. Right. Then when I got the second machine, I pushed both of them at the same time. Then when I was up to four machines, I had them side by side, and my fingers would just span <laughs> the four record button. But if I hit, if I hit the record thing and... I screwed up. I had to wait for them to come around. But by the time I got the sixth line, I had taught myself how to record from a reel-to-reel -reel player to make uh. the copies. And then Nancy Sirianni, my future ex-wife, came to work with me. And I called up again. I said, guys, these things are busy all the time. I got to have more lines. And the guy got on the phone with me and said, listen, I'm, I'm the manager here. We're going to give you four more lines, Jackie, but that's it. Ten. You are topped out at ten. I said, that's <laughs> fine with me. 
And I had 10 goddamn machines lined up. And that's <laughs> and when the comics used to come up there, they used to freak out. Because I'd turn them all on and then hit the buttons. and It just was a cacophony you know, of but crazy. You know what I want to ask you? John told me this, and I, I don't, I, this does sound far-fetched. John, t- he told me you had... You would write every joke that you knew onto boards, onto like uh, oak tag uh, boards, and then put them on the ceiling. And then every night you would read all the, I mean, you're talking about this got to be thousands and thousands of jokes. No, no. There's some truth to that. And just like if you're cheating in high school and you write the answers on your hand, you never have to look at your hand because you remember everything. So Mm. what I had was... uh, Big hunks of cardboard, like uh, keywords, what, like and and just the keywords of jokes, and the jokes were in categories. It was it was so weird <laughs> how I how I became such a maven for this. When I was playing in the band, we played at Neptune's, the Right Track Inn, the Tabernacle. We played played the same places week after week after week. Now nobody bothered to tell us that comedians do the same act every night but they have a different audience right <laughs> we're going we're working to the same people week after week so we're pouring through books and everything we were listening to red fox and listening to bell barth and and just ravaging i was i was just so ravenous to get these jokes <clears throat> and i would write the the keywords of the jokes on little scraps of paper and put them on the floor monitors that we had for the band but somehow I was smart enough to save all those little pieces of paper. And every week I'd just go on and on. And by the end of the, when the band's about to break up, I had a couple of bags full of all these notes. And I was living in a mansion, an abandoned mansion with a bunch of musicians. I could still remember that there was a huge, it was the gate house of one of the big, big mansions across from planting fields in Oyster Bay. And the living room was immense and it was a nice polished wood floor, but there was no furniture in there at all. And I sat in the middle of that floor and took all those little pieces of paper and sat in the middle and put the dirty Johnny jokes here and the little old lady jokes here and the Polish jokes here. And I was sitting there in this circle. I God, I wish I had a picture of it. it was amazing. And that's when I created my my right. my system. I had all the different categories which, with a little which bit, brings me to clues. just another another question for you because I mean, you know, you're Jackie the joke man. The whole world knows Jackie the joke man. And 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 I think I don't know if it's fair to say or not, but I think most people remember you from Howard Stern, where you you know, you were basically the heart and soul of the comedy engine of the the Howard Stern show. Well, so that's you, a very nice thing to say and I never stop people from saying it. <laughs> <laughs> so but, but what I wanted to ask you cuz I always wondered this <laughs> Is so you used to pass you you know he'd say something you'd put a joke up and you know and it was just like immediate kind of a thing. Now were these jokes that you were that that you had heard you knew or they were jokes you were writing in the moment? It's so weird because I know every joke in the world. I don't, but for, for <laughs> argument's sake, I know a lot of them, and or I can figure them out. And you know, I used to play a game. Well, you know, you come off the bandstand. If you're a joke teller, anytime your people know that somebody's a joke teller, they got a joke for you. You know, to this day, and I listen to everybody. I always have. I'm going to write a book which about just the jokes that people told me that they were sure I knew already that I didn't know already, and um, and I and I always loved them. But 
we would take a break in the band. And of course, somebody come up to me at the bar and say, all right, I got, I got one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to say, all right, I'm going to count down from 10. And by the time I get to zero, if I don't know the joke, I'll buy you a drink. I never right. bought anybody a drink. And that was in not. 1975. Wow. Okay. I already knew all the jokes. So I had a comedic mind and I knew, but when I sat there with Howard, I never, ever gave him a joke. All I did was make him funnier. Now picture, you're talking to John at lunch, and I'm sitting with the two of you, okay? So there's Mike and John and Jackie, and we're sitting at lunch. And we're having a fun conversation, and I'm a funny fuck. So I I think of something funny and say it, and we all laugh. Now picture, if instead of saying what I think is really funny, I scribble it down and put it in front of John, so John gets to not just be John funny, right. he gets to be Jackie funny. There you and go. I, and, and, and that's how it worked. And they were, you know, I probably told three jokes in the whole history of the whole Stern show. You know, and then, of I, course, you know, I tell the greatest stories in the world. And, of course, all they do was say how bad my stories were and how boring they were and I should shut up. And then I see people on the street. They say, your, your stories are the best thing on the show. But when you know, this was... When it was going on, though, see, nobody knew because it was radio. You can't see radio. So nobody knew you were well, passing you know, Howard these jokes. Was, they just thought it was it, all Howard. It was so weird. It, that cat was slow, so slow to come out of the bag. And there's still people that don't believe or they, they, they don't think it's true. They don't think it really happened. They're like Holocaust deniers. You know, it's so funny. And you were with him, what, 15 I, years, I was right? Sitting one night, I was sitting one night with a guy who worked in the industry. He worked for NBC as a cameraman or something. So, these, you know, you'd think the people in our business are hip to what's going on. And we're waiting for the band to start. He said, you're Jackie the Joke, man. Yeah, you were on the Howard Stern show. I said, yeah. He said, you just sat there, took all that. I said, well, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was writing the show, with, you know, as we went along. He goes, what are you talking about? And he had no fucking idea yeah. and this is a cameraman you know they because people don't care when you watch johnny carson you're not going oh i wonder who wrote that joke right who cares nice. you just, you're just sitting there and you want to laugh but there were certain little things that happened you know it's all my autobiography it's funny when when you think when, th- when things happen in the very beginning that i thought really exposed stuff like uh in the very beginning, in the very beginning, it was unbelievable. People come up to me and say, "Hey, I heard Robin's black. Is Robin really black?" And I'm like, "You know, because <laughs> they didn't know. Right? You know, there's no reason they should know. She sounded exactly white, you know, and who cared? But we're on when we first went to mornings. Gary came in one day and says, "Hey, how is the phone? Says he's Leslie West from Mountain." Howard says, well, put the idiot through. And Leslie starts talking. And I looked at Fred. I'm like, this is Leslie West. I I, I don't know him, but I dollars to donuts. That's Leslie. And it turned out it was Leslie West. And he's a huge fan of the show. There's a crazy Jew. And so he comes on the show because he had just done a movie called The Money Pit with Tom oh, Hanks. Right. And to, to, since he was written in the movie, he got a whole brand new set of choppers. <laughs> brand new teeth for, to be in the movie so he comes in and he sits down with us and he's sitting right next to me and i wrote a note and handed it to howard and he said look at this robin you know leslie has got such an addictive personality 
he just spent ten thousand dollars on teeth, and now he wants more teeth. <laughs> and Leslie goes, "Oh, wait a minute! This is what's happening. He's the funny one. He passes the notes to you." And Robin says, "Oh, not all, not everything." <laughs> and I thought, "That's it. The cat's out of the bag. The whole world knows I'm writing these jokes." It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Nobody said a word. Nobody had. Nobody gives up. Fuck. Nobody yeah. cared, you know, and they no. just didn't know it forever and ever. But you did that for 50. I would laugh loud and I was a drunk and I smoked pot and I was in the Friars Club. There was so much to attack me on. Yeah. It, it, and my laugh was good. So there was enough there to justify me be, being in the studio. Well, I guess at, 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 at the time, if the, at the time, I guess if if the check clears, what do you care, right? You're making your money, and who cares, right? Yeah, and and it it didn't matter, but it, I you could understand people not knowing that, and, and right. it's funny yeah, the Jackie, way people Jackie, put it together. You know, it went on fifteen years, right? Yeah, slowly but surely, but surely, more and more, years, more, yeah. and more people knew. You know, I just want to bring it back one second to the joke line, one second, because I think it's really interesting. Remember the nine two two wine stickers? Yep. They were made out of telling us or what they were made out of, because remember, you couldn't get them off. No. Well, <laughs> well, they were just, you know, sticky, sticky, uh, plastic. Uh, Weren't they stickers. something with air? No, 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 no. Oh, OK. Some of them. <clears throat> there was a ventriloquist, a lovable guy named Vinnie D'Antona. Yeah. Probably he's just, he's just a hoot. And his father worked at whatever company it would be that made the letters that went on the side of planes, like it said, you know, X973 right, or whatever, right. whatever the name, the actual the identification letters that went numbers, on the side yeah. of planes <clears throat> and was un- indestructible plastic or vinyl or whatever. <laughs> and they're good and to like 600 miles an hour. 5,000 <laughs> bright yellow 922 wine stickers. And I've been telling this story for decades, and I've yet to find one of them. I mean, <laughs> there were 5,000 of them that he just made. They got to be somewhere because they can't be destroyed. <clears throat> but I had so many made. And I mean, we put them, people put them everywhere. I don't I, know I, if you, wait, Jackie, I don't know if you remember this story, but I was in Mexico at Chichen Itza. I sent you a picture. I Which is what? The, ancient ruins, right, John? Yeah, I climbed the fucking pyramid. And got up to the top of the pyramid and went inside, and there was a nine two two wine sticker. <laughs> I hope it was in Spanish. I hope it was in Spanish. People <laughs> stuck them everywhere. People stuck them everywhere. I, 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 Everybody took it as a, as it was just it was just fun. And in place you couldn't reach, the best one was there was a girl in Florida. There was a, a bunch of girls we all used to fool around with, and this one girl Yonit, her apartment. We were there one night getting drunk, and I went into the bathroom, take a leak, <clears throat> and I lifted up the top of the toilet tank. No. And inside, I put a 9 uh. wine sticker just <laughs> above the watermark. 
and right. stuck it there. <laughs> and then on New Year's Eve, I wasn't there. They must have had a big party. And it, of course, there was too many people for the apartment. So the, so the toilet overflowed and the <laughs> comics went in to try and fix the toilet and they lifted the thing off. I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you a story, though. When I was in 1979, I was working at a garden center and we used to get high. We used to get so friggin' high. And somebody heard about 922 Wine. And they said, you got to call this line because you know what? This guy, Jackie, answers the phone. It's really him. He's telling the joke live. And what we got to do is we got to say something to get him to stop. And so we called that joke line like 200 times, stoned off our asses. And we're like, Jackie, stop. It's not. And we thought we didn't realize it was recording. We were so friggin' stoned. Wow, what the fuck were you smoking? But, oh, wait, yeah. there was a, Jackie, tell them, tell them about all the calls you get from big corporations and companies, right? That they well, had like phone bills. What happened right? was, you know, people, <laughs> I used to put a Y connector into, into some of the phone lines so I could answer. And uh, when the minute it rang, I'd pick it up real quick and don't hang up, don't hang up. This is really Jackie, this is really Jackie. And uh, usually they'd hang up. Oh, he would have freaked us out. Everybody was calling from work, and they thought it was the boss catching them or whatever. But when I find, you know, I take my my cousins and stuff up there on, on Christmas Eve and, and answer the phone, and it freaked people out because they called from Mexico yeah. and Canada and Texas and Hawaii, you know. And most of the people back then, almost everybody had no idea who I was. Had never seen a dial joke sticker. They didn't know anything because the number just got passed from person to person to person. Call this and hear jokes. Call this and hear right. jokes. They didn't know anything. So it was <clears throat> it was just phenomenal how crazy it was. You know, uh you were competing with the uh the the those numbers where you back then it was big to call a number and you know, touch yourself, remember? <laughs> it was before yeah. that, I think. I think those, it was before yeah, that. Those, those weren't even happening yet. Those eight hundred yeah. numbers, wow. were, you know. But weren't there companies that were saying that they had like a couple hundred dollar bill or thousand dollar bill to that number, and well, they wanted to people, know what the number you know, was? People used to say stuff like that, and I I didn't want to break anybody's heart, but I said, no, you know, you you didn't get in trouble with your parents <clears throat> because it costs you money to call a dirty joke line. What it cost was the long distance call to call right. East Norwich, Long Island. That's what it was. And people, people would call home from work. And the way I wound up being hooked up with Rick Dees in California, you got to be old enough to remember, there used to be phone credit cards because long distance calls were very expensive, but you could get a credit card for your what? phone, which was a bunch of digits. You mean like MCI? And, and whatever it was yeah. and MCI. people would steal they would steal the credit card numbers and it was a whole undercurrent of people that did this and they'd call all over the world with these credit cards yeah we used to use dow jones because they were making our yeah. agent orange during the 60s Greg, you should call credit Greg, cards Greg, you should call the our, number call the number now our, and see what you get it was part of our political stand against Dow Jones. Yeah, and there, <laughs> Dow, there, Chemical. Dow Chemical. I, I was fighting Dow Chemical. So yeah. <clears throat> so these people, of course, to the people with the free credit card numbers, they could call from all over the country, all over the world, call 9221. It wouldn't cost them because that's what the credit cards were for, for long distance. And one of the girls that was all involved with these credit card guys 
called up Rick Dees and said, hey, there's a guy, you know, in New York that's got the greatest phone line and told him about it. And so then he started calling 9221, which I didn't know about. He said he was in later later on. He said he used to give me credit, but who knows? <clears throat> but it was so funny because it was very personal. Nancy and I changed those phone lines. They, we changed the tapes every day for six or seven years. I mean, Saturdays, Sundays. It was unbelievable. And that's why the people were so loyal to it, because they were just they just couldn't believe it. It's funny because a, a guy came up to me one night in the early days, like at Cinnamon or something. He said, you know, every morning my secretary, I'd come in with a dirty joke and she thought I was such a hero. He said, one day I came in and started the joke and my secretary finished the joke and said, I heard about that fucking phone line. <laughs> <laughs> So in those days, like I said, with the with the you know your mother with the bare boobs, world was getting dirtier and dirtier. So I was making nine two two wine dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. And one day Rick Dees called me up. Now I didn't know that he had been calling nine two two wine. He was not only putting it on his his uh, radio show in Los Angeles, he had a thing called Rick D's Weekly Top 40. And they would actually send LPs, like long playing records, to all the stations all around the country. And the stations on Saturday or Sunday would play the Rick, Rick D's Top 40 countdown. And in between some of the songs, he put some of my jokes. Wow. So my sister was in Minnesota with her visiting her brother-in-law or whatever her, her 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 husband's sister at college and all of a sudden she heard 9221 she told me when she came home she said hey i heard 9221 on the radio in minnesota i said that's cool what jokes did you hear and she told me i said no well, that's not possible because that was on weeks ago right and she said i know i'm not stupid and i know it was you she said because when your voice came on the phone, my little niece, Jessie, went, it's Uncle Ha Ha. <laughs> <laughs> so I have no idea what's going on. And then a, a little while later, my friend Bill was working in, in uh, New Jersey on a Saturday. And he said, Jackie, I heard 92 wine on Z100. I said, wow, really? What jokes? And he told me, I said, no, that's not possible. What happened was Rick Dees was calling 92 wine, recording, recording the jokes yeah. and putting them on the weekly top 40 to send in the future. He would backlog them. But then they got too funny and he called me up and said, listen, I've been using your jokes, but they're too dirty and everybody loves the jokes. I'm not so going to pay you, but can you do more? No, yeah. he said, well, you can do some <laughs> jokes for me. I'll pay you. And I said, sure. And he said, I'll tell you what, uh, we'll say that you're a dentist from Encino that's out of your mind and you go <laughs> in your bathroom and you record jokes. I said, that doesn't help me. How's that help me? He said, well, yeah. hold on. He called me back the next day. He said, how's this? He said, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks a month. And I'll say, you're Jackie, the joke man, Martin, the guy from New York that knows all the jokes. And I said, sold. And that was that. And he paid me. 
and just promoted the head. He told everybody all over the country that 516-922-9463 was Tom Selleck's home phone number. (laughs) 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 And then the thing just just went crazy. So so that was the birth of the term Jackie the Joke Man. That was the birth of... That that came from Rick Dees. And people say, well, how many calls did you get? And it's it's a mathematical thing. Now picture this. I it, I don't know if this is boring, but I think it's so interesting. <clears throat> There's ten lines, okay? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The tenth machine was Nancy's answering machine that actually had a counter that went to two digits. It went to ninety nine. <clears throat> so if you call nine two two wine, you get the jokes on the first machine. If while you're on the line, somebody else calls, it rolls over and they get the second machine. Right. Okay. If somebody else calls while they're both on, it rolls over and you get the third machine. But the but the answering machine is only one minute. So if somebody else calls and the first machine has finished, that goes off. Okay. The only way number four goes off is if the other three are engaged. Right. The only right. way the seventh one goes off is if all well, six before six they're all engaged. engaged. Right. Which means the only time the tenth line goes off is when nine machines are all going off within the same minute. Right. And that tenth machine we reset from ninety-nine to zero. Three or four times a day. Wow. Now just think how many times it got up to five or seven or six. And then time ran out and it went back to number one. That it's it's here's my mind unbelievable. Here's my mind thinking if you had if you had a sponsor and you just mentioned this bomb, I mean you could have made a fortune just fucking showing how many calls you did. And, and during the joke or after the joke, if you just mentioned, you know, schmuckers jelly. Or just know. monetizing uh, it with like an 800 number. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I was just advertising the Jackie the Joke Man, you know, and tonight hey, Jackie, we're cinnamon, you know. Jackie, do you remember one night it was you, me, Woodsy, and Horton? We did a college somewhere. And we were coming home and we stopped at some bar. And you walked in and you go, I can make anyone in this bar laugh if you buy us a drink. <laughs> so that, that was. One of the all-time. You remember inc- this, right? <laughs> Not only do I remember it, I'm going to freak you out. Keep telling. Keep telling. Okay. About I'm, so anyway, I'm, so I'm having walk- trouble believing that you guys walked into a bar for a drink. So I mean, wait, you guys. So we walk in, and Jackie does. <laughs> this like is on the jokes. way home. The guy this is on the way home. To close up. And he was trying so to Jackie close goes, up. I can make anyone in this bar laugh if you buy us a drink, and he does right. a couple of jokes. So it's this is the poster for that that night. <laughs> oh shit. Wow, what is it? What does it say? Right. So then Woodsy wait, Woodsy goes, Norton, come on down, pal. And he starts doing the honeymooners, right? And Jackie walks up to me and goes, Hey motherfucker, you're next. So I went out to the car and I got remember I got the dove. And I had the dove. <laughs> yeah, like the guy, the, the guy didn't want to open the bar and within 20 minutes. He was behind the bar making drinks for free, and he had the dove sitting on his shoulder. I had the dove, wait, but I had the I had the dove under a thing, and he goes like this. He, 
he goes like this. He, he, Jackie goes, he can show you a magic trick and throws me a napkin. And I take the napkin and I put it underneath the bar. And I take the napkin and I rip it open and a dove comes out. Right. And the guy is blown away. So he's got the dove on his shoulder. He's buying us drinks. What do you magic go, guys always have a spare no, dove? No, I had to go yeah, out to the like, car to get it. Wait, but the funny part is we're getting ready to leave. And I go, hey, I need my dove back. And the guy's going, now he's hammered. He's going, just just make another one. <laughs> <laughs> just make another one. Make Jackie's it. going, I know. We really need the bird back. Give me the bird. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That, that night is so legendary. Let's make another one. Because uh, we're, it was uh, Stony, Stony Brook College and it was the four of us and there was a hypnotist on, on a mental. No, it was a hypnotist because Dave went. David went. No, it was, was a hypnotist. So... Dave goes. Dave goes. Uh, the next guy he was MC. The next guy's a hypnotist. He's really good. I talked to him backstage. He put me to sleep. <laughs> That's how we introduced him. And then he goes. Well, the guy the next... went on and on. <laughs> and there was like a three foot riser that the stage, the stage was a three foot riser. This guy was going on and on. And Hawthorne, drunk out of his mind, was under the stage and put a napkin around his face like a like an Indian woman. And he was like doing a voodoo dance. Well, it was. It was and he also came out and danced with the belly dancer. Man, there was a belly dancer. No, well, that he was underneath, underneath doing the belly right. dance. <laughs> so then this guy is going on and on. I went to take a leak and I came back. And these guys are on stage. There's like chairs on stage. And I figured the guy had called the comedians up on stage. And so Woods and Hawthorne and Ferentino are sitting there. And I came up and sat in my chair. And I said, are we part of the show with this guy now? And I said, no, we're just <laughs> fucking with him. <laughs> <laughs> and we got so drunk. And we got all the way home. And Woods was so grouchy and so irritable and so pissed off. And I don't remember why, but Hawthorne was too drunk to drive him home. He walked up. I said, there's, just a, there's a here, shock. Just sleep here. And Woods said, fuck you. And Woods walked to Huntington right. from my house in East Norwich that night. And meanwhile, oh, I laid in my, on my mattress next to Hawthorne. And he, he was always a little shaky. Spooning with Hawthorne. And I used to sleep <laughs> with my girlfriend, Lois, with, you know, a very attractive girl and I woke up in the morning hung over shit and I look and all I saw was this bare back and I'm used to it being Lois's bare back don't so tell me you my, banged it my drunken snooper I start <laughs> kissing her back and no. all of a jumps up I'm like I never talk so fucking fast I'm, I'm, oh my god it was, it was just it was, it was Walrus, Walrus, Walrus Walrus, 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 Walrus. 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 So, <laughs> and, and, 
So, so I was Jackie. So, so we mentioned it in the beginning of the show, but you're, you're, so you're doing, you've done the documentary. Jokemanmovie.com. It's, it's, it's called Jokeman and uh, it's got Willie Nelson, Penn Jillette, Sean Young, Mark Cuban. That one freaks people out. Mark wow. Cuban. And, uh, Art yeah. Lang and, and I buy drugs from Mark Cuban, but he's my drug dealer. <laughs> What? He, yeah, he has a he company called me. Cost Plus Drugs. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's yeah. a great character. He and he owes me, and he admits he owes me. And it, it, when he was starting AudioNet.com in Dallas, and like at the very very dawn of the internet, uh, they wanted me to come out and do do a free uh, show to promote their stuff, and I said I can't. I, I you know I'm working all the time and. Um, on the weekends, I make a real, real lot of money doing stand-up, but I'm very flattered that you guys are into me, but I didn't know anything about them or anything like that, except they were huge fans. And I said, I'll tell you what, and I sent them everything I own, that every recording I'd ever made, and they made it into an endless loop, like six hours. And what was happening was Mark Cuban wanted people to be able to hear college basketball games over the internet. And this is right in the beginning when they were just starting to put audio on the internet. It was first, it was text. And then it was the World Wide web and it was colorful. And then it was pictures and then it was audio and then it was video. But these things were very slow to happen. And uh, most people had dial up lines and, and Bayville for whatever reason was one of the test places for cable. So I had cable internet from the, beginning <clears throat> so i put these pictures on my website and people would curse me out because with the aol 14.4 taking half a day to see the <laughs> fucking picture <laughs> but uh so it, they, they had a button on, on audionet.com where if you listen to a college basketball game it goes to commercial you could push the button here dirty joke and it made the thing really popular oh, and i right. never heard from them again or anything like that and then uh Audionet.com became broadcast.com. And one night, one day I'm sitting at the Stern show and the post says, uh, broadcast.com sells for $4 billion. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and that didn't get me a ticket on the subway. Yeah. But it's a great story. And the fact yeah. that he acknowledges it is. Yeah, That's so, cool. you, so, so what made you, what made you decide to, to, uh, uh, to, to do a documentary? Was it, uh, I mean, were you approached for this? Or I, got, your I idea got approached or... by some guys and uh, it wasn't going anywhere. And then uh, the guy, I did a radio show called Jackie's joke hunt for eight years on Sirius uh, 101, Howard 101. And, He's a great guy and he's a video producer. And we met at the Friars Club. And it was really funny because we met at the Friars Club after I had left the show. And he was a huge Stern fan. And we started talking. And five minutes after we started talking, he said, wait a minute. You're not the guy from that show. You can't be. I said, yeah. That's, he said, but that's, you know, was near the way you put they, Listen, it's show business. You know, when. You know, Bozo didn't really wear a red wig. You know what I mean? And, and uh, he, he now then we crushed. became such fast friends. <laughs> and then uh, we did the radio show. And then at some point he said, listen, I really want to do this documentary. And I, I was totally into it. You know, I didn't have any input into it other than giving him all the whatever materials he needed and tell him how to get a hold of people and, and, 
you know, there were some of the interviews where I was there, where I was involved, but um, him and uh, Ronnie Thomas was the uh, editor and put the whole thing together. And it went through a whole bunch of changes and it took a long time. And then the goddamn pandemic hit and then Netflix was supposed to take it. And then they didn't. And then finally got picked up. And even after they picked it up, it was another six months before it was loaded into the internet. And then, that deal went sour and all i know is now we have the rights back and it's on vimeo and the connection is from uh, through jokemanmovie.com yep. that little site has the trailer and right. all the reviews which are it, the reviews read like i wrote them myself i can't believe how much people <laughs> Brad, like the reviews are ama- the reviews are amazing so are we going to learn and, anything uh, are we going to learn uh, anything yeah, new did. about we jackie learn- the joke man yeah we did learn that he was a gymnast yeah, I saw that on the trail. I was going to ask. I was so that that was that was that a serious pursuit when you you were you know you st- I look serious. No, 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 no more a serious pursuit than anything. In high, that was high school. That was because not yeah, college. I was going to say in Long Island, man, how can you be a guy gym? Wait, I mean, wait, like, wait, wait. That, to, to, you know that was like probably unacceptable to be a guy and a gymnast. It was I wait. Mean, let's let's start with the fact that Jackie's first album. What do you expect? Had his kindergarten picture on the cover with him giving the finger. It's, it's it's my it's my eighth grade class picture. Is it eighth grade? Yeah, and uh, you look really a, little. A guy who I grew up with passed away a couple weeks ago, and he's married to this very pretty local girl, and her oldest sister was in my eighth grade class. She was in you know he went to grammar school with me, and uh, and I hadn't seen her in decades, and I said Ginger, are you still mad at me for? Wrecking your eighth grade class photo, and she said yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but it's she was a, kidding, you know. But it's such a great name. What did you expect? And him giving the finger in the front row—it's hysterical. What happened? What happened was I was <laughs> killing at cinema uh, every night. I was just destroying the place. I always had to go on last, and it was really good shows. And the guys started coming out from the city because instead of making five bucks at the comic strip, they were making thirty or forty or fifty dollars and smoking pot and getting drunk and getting laid so what's not to like yeah. and but i was so rowdy with that mr polanski and the dirty filthy crazy you know and it was so much fun and i came home and i said to my girlfriend i said jesus christ they laughed at every joke i should make an album and she said well why aren't you making an album <clears throat> i had worked at a studio in the late 70s and th- these guys really, you know, the stories are long. I worked at this bar, and he, the owner owned two bars. There were two Neptune's pubs. And we were selling the place to the rafters twice a week. And I got so depressed over a girl that really broke my heart. I was a mess. And they thought I was going to kill myself. I don't think I ever would have done that, but I was pretty upset. So the owner said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make a record out of the pot song. I think it'll be a big smash. And one of the other guys in another band that worked at the same club had started a studio. So we recorded the pot song, which was one of the staples of the Stern show. They beat me up for for that for years. And the other side, I had the love song to my dear departed girl. And in the course of what they asked me after we recorded the song, they said, you're a lot of fun and you seem to know what you're doing. It was really funny. I had a foot tambourine. Our band was like, you know, 
the, the, the silver sides <laughs> submarine band you know like i played banjo and i had a foot tambourine with my foot and i worked the lights with my right foot it was a, it was a one you know it, a two-man finagle two, two oh. man one it was a two-man one-man band yeah. yeah yeah and when they came to what happened was we recorded the song in the studio but they wanted to get the reaction of the crowd because the end of the song was roll up the reaper we'll have some illegal fun and the crowd would go nuts we do encores of this thing so they said you know what we're going to come play the song over the pa in the place and get the crowd react the live crowd reaction so they came and when they came to see my band they saw that i had a foot tambourine and i had a microphone on my foot tambourine and they said wow this guy knows something about recording i, I didn't know anything i just wanted to hear that that, that was our total percussion rhythm session is my fucking foot. And uh, so they asked me to work at the studio. And after work at the studio, I realized that having an album was like making a cake. You know, you just need to, <clears throat> you needed a tape, a master tape, and you needed a few dollars, and you needed a few pictures. And you just send them, and they would make you an album. But nobody had done it. Nobody... The only, like Robert Klein had albums and George yeah. Carlin had, right. but they had record companies. You know, it wasn't something that somebody just did. And uh, nobody had done it in those days. You know, there weren't even cassettes yet. And um, so I, I took, I, I recorded on a cassette, but the albums, the first two albums, three albums were recorded on cassette. Like I had a cassette player and I had a feed off of my amplifier that went into the left side of the cassette. And I had microphones hanging in the crowd that went to the right side of the cassette. <laughs> and then I would play the cassette and mix the crowd and my voice onto a reel-to-reel. -reel. And then I took the reel-to-reel -reel tapes and I edited them, edited them with a, with a razor blade and yep. splicing tape. Like, wow. And, and like it, painstakingly so. And yep. Yep. When I finally got done with that first album and I, I borrowed a hundred bucks from everybody I knew and had $1,500, I gave them all a piece of paper saying, this is your stock and the thing. And when I first decided I was going to make an album, I took that picture of me giving the finger and put it on the wall of my, my mother's attic, my little office there, right above the dial joke machines. And I wrote, what did you expect? And people were like, what is, what's that? I said, well, that's going to be my first album. Yeah, right, your first <laughs> album. And then I got the money and I sent all the shit to Nashville. And then I went into Port Authority to pick up my first thousand albums. You would have thought I died and went to heaven. And that's I was such a, I was such a fucking idiot. There was a thing that we had in the 70s called the number system, which was a a thing where you just there was a number for all these different sayings that we use and vince d'antona that same guy whose father was a printer printed up huge sheets of the number system which folded if you folded it just right six times it fit inside of an album and i sent all of them folded to Nashville, and for I think it cost me an extra four cents an album for them to put the fucking numbers system. And I I don't know what planet yeah. I was on, but people loved them. And you know, and I'm standing there at the end of a gig, 
you know, and I'm selling my albums and the comics are making fun of me. Like, look at him with his stupid albums and the people are buying my albums for five bucks and I'm autographing them, which made you feel like a million dollars. Right, right. And all of a sudden one day they're like, wait a minute, you know, we made 50 bucks a piece and he made an extra $80 selling his stupid albums. Maybe not. he's not as stupid as we think. There you go. And no, I, I actually wasn't as stupid as that. And the second he, album was, what did you expect? There you go. And you know what? Right? I, I, I know we're getting no, up what, there. What did you expect was the first one. And then going ape. And then we're, normal people are people you don't know. That. Yeah. Going ape. There was a place across. Ferentino might notice. Across from where Chuckles wound up being, on Jericho Turnpike, was Lillian Costume Shop. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. And I went in there and said, listen, I really need to borrow a gorilla costume, and I have no money. <laughs> but if you loan it to me for a day or two, I will give you a credit on my comedy album. And I'm telling you, they had no idea what I was talking about, but they gave me the gorilla costume, and me and my friend Burf put the gorilla costume in two shopping bags and went to the Bronx Zoo with the two <laughs> shopping bags. I swear oh, on my mother and went in there and I I put on the gorilla suit. Now listen, <laughs> if you're An a little kid, gorilla. <laughs> if you're a little kid and you're in the zoo, what's going on in the back of your mind is what would happen if these animals escaped? Yeah. Yeah. So it's September and the teachers are walking around with their second, oh, third, man. fourth grade class, you know, in, in tandem with two at a time walking down. The, and they're walking along and I'm dressed as a gorilla and I'm jumping out from behind a tree and scaring the piss out of these kids. <laughs> and none, almost none of the pictures came out at all. I could kill Burf. He got a picture of me standing with an old lady and you've got a picture of me standing at the gate uh but we got kicked out i think we were there imagine we got shot with a imagine we got so oh man you know that'd be headlines jackie marling get shot with tranquilizer gun at bronx zoo it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What so makes fun. me crazy is there were a lot of kids in those walking around and it saw me and I know that there are X amount of kids that grew up telling their friends that they, they were at the Bronx gorilla. Zoo <laughs> and either it was a escape gorilla or a maniac in a gorilla costume and I'm sure there's not one person that has ever believed that story and I've waited my whole life for somebody to come <laughs> up and say I would I saw you in that gorilla you costume but hey, it's Jackie. never happened we're 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 only got a couple of minutes left, but I wanted just one thing because I'm not I don't know if people out there noticed, but you were kind of like buddies with Rodney Dangerfield, weren't you? Uh, I I I sent him jokes. I got to be a comedian because Epi from my father's place is so cheap, and I got to know Rodney because Richie Minabini is full of shit. <laughs> he told me he had been at Dangerfields and that he killed, and Rodney really loved him, and he's going to use him. 
blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm, me and Lois are living in my grandmother's house after my grandmother died. And Richie would come over sometimes and he came in and he told me that. And I was so jealous. I couldn't stand it. So I sat down and started typing up all the jokes I knew that I thought I could make fit into like Rodney Dangerfield ease, right. you know, his, his voice. And a friend of mine had called me a couple of weeks earlier from Peru and told me this two bagger joke, which he heard from a guy from Tennessee, a girl's a Tennessee two bagger. She's so ugly. And not only you got to put a bag over her head, you got to put a bag over your own head in case <laughs> her bag rips. <laughs> and I thought that was the funniest thing. So that was one of the things in these pages, six pages, fold them up, put them in an envelope, wrote Rodney Dangerfield. A couple of days later, Richie walks in. I said, Richie, you got to give these jokes to your friend Rodney. And he said, oh, man. He said, I didn't meet Rodney. He said, I went to Dangerfields. I said, but I didn't even get on. I, you know, I didn't get near the stage. I said, you son of a bitch. And he goes, but I was there. And I, this is a true story. Took the matchbook out of his pocket with the address on it. What was I going to do? I had the envelope. It said, Rodney Dangerfield. I just wrote in the address. And mailed it. And two days later, the phone rang. Wow. Wow. Said, okay, listen. Who is this? Who is this? He said, Rodney. Okay, we said, really... Rodney who? He said, oh, I knew you were funny. Okay, listen, we're really out funny. of time. But I think, Jackie, if you can do this a short story, bring us home with the classic you and Rodney in Vegas story. <clears throat> as quick <laughs> as I can tell it, I, we're in right. Vegas in, 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 in uh, Easter time, 1980. And there was nobody, nobody in town because it was the gas shortage and nobody was going anywhere. His shirt shows were like one third full <clears throat> and he's, you know, a little mad at the world. And at the time, the MGM Grand was right next to the Aladdin where he was working. And it's a morgue. He said, come on, let's go get a drink. Let's get out of here. Let's go to the, and we went to the MGM Grand where he knew the maitre d' and there was nobody there, not even hookers. And the maitre d' was such a pisser because he kept Rod, calling Rodney Roger Danglefoot. And every time he said it, I laughed my ass off. And Rodney was getting more and more mad. Said, Let's get the fuck out of here. So we're walking back. And it's so late at night. In my mind, the sun was coming up. I have no idea. All I know is late Las Vegas night. Even though it was Easter, it was chilly. And walk along, kind of freezing our ass off. We're coked up. We're stoned. We're drunk. And I'm in heaven. The whole time I was with him, I was pinch me. I'm like, you know, this is like something I made up in my mind. And we're walking back to Aladdin, and, and uh, he said, "You got to take a leak." And I said, "Yeah, you know, you know how much I drink. I always got to pee." Said, Come on! And instead of going to the Aladdin like two human beings, we walked. We weren't <laughs> quite there, so we walked behind the Aladdin with the dumpsters, and the dumpsters to a major Las Vegas hotel are the size of a small McDonald's. And he just walked up to one of the dumpsters and took it out and started pissing on a dumpster. So I'm over, you know, 15 feet away. I start pissing on another dumpster. And we're both standing there, freezing our asses off, Hand pissing on the dumpster. dumpster and he, turned and said, he turned to me and he said, welcome to the big time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with oh, that, man. we got. I said, I'm going to tell that story a billion times. So. All, All right. right. Well, with that, we got to go. And we got to thank our guest, Jackie. Jackie, Marley. it was great Jackie, to see you. Too. Great seeing you. Anytime, anytime you want to come back, I'll do let this us know. Anytime. Oh, it's Anytime fun, man. Anytime you want, man. It was great seeing you again. And so let's have a round of applause for Jackie, the Joke Man. Yeah. Martin. Remember, see his documentary at jokemanmovie.com. Or and go we got... to uh, 
the uh, Bolton Center for the Performing Arts on April, April 5th, and it'll be sold out, so act now. Yes, nice, uh, thank you guys. I appreciate it. This is fun. Always fun. All, All right. right you, Thanks, Jackie. And let's say goodbye to Craig Mitchell. Bye-bye. And I'm John Ferrantino. And thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Peace. We'll hear right. you next week. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.